Welcome back to the next episode of Pop Topic. I'm your co-host, Quentin Phillips, and we're here to discuss all of the latest trends and stories, uh, mostly revolving around film, for the first week of May. To help break everything down, we have Tristan. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you doing? I am doing well. You know, uh, it's been a pretty decent week for me. I, you know, got a lot taken care of at work. Got to watch some good films. Can't complain at all. Uh, how's everything with you, though? Been good. Been good. Uh, not much new. Uh, so I just watched The Northman a few days ago, and you saw that too as well, right, Trust? I did, yeah. I saw it last weekend. Yeah, and then, you think of it? And, then I, and then obviously the last podcast I saw Everything Everywhere All at Once, and you just saw that a week ago as well, right, Trust? I, yeah, I saw that yeah, a week ago now, probably a week and a half ago. I also saw Sonic 2 this past week in theaters as well. Oh, there you go. So you really Lots saw the... stuff coming out lately. Yeah, you saw the definitive three films of 2022 already. I would say so. I, 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 yeah, I would think so. so. So what was your thoughts on... Well, you know, I guess you can tell me some quick thoughts on Sonic 2 if you have any. But what were your thoughts on the other two since we've both seen well, them? Quick thoughts on Sonic 2. Uh, it is like the quintessential Sonic film. Everything you would want in a Sonic film, this one checks off the boxes. Every single box you have. You fill out your whole bingo card. If you're playing Sonic movie bingo, you'd, you'd have it all. Uh, so really, I think the first Sonic movie to me felt more like a, like a Yogi Bear or, you know, one of those take hop type films. More of a buddy road trip movie than anything else. But this one really did feel like a Sonic movie, first and foremost. So this one's far better than the first one. And yeah, uh, probably one, one of the best video game movies I've ever seen. I, one of the best adaptations of a video cool movie, I thought. So I, I very much enjoyed the Sonic film, as much as you can for a Sonic movie. Uh, now, the other two movies, The Northman and Everything Everywhere All at Once, both just phenomenal movies. Just great, great movies. Like, like everything you would want in cinema, they're, they're awesome. The Northman is, like, what action movies should be. That, that, that is the prime example of how you can have high-quality action films that are interesting and grossing and so well made the cinematography and it was fantastic i i love the north very much yeah is the northman the best action film we've had in the last few years of batman also came out this year if you consider you know that's obviously a superhero movie but as well as an action right. film yeah no i would call it an action film but i would you know i'll sing the praises of the batman and the batman's probably better at everything else compared to the northman but i think the action of the northman's far superior i don't know that freaking Batmobile chase scene, man. Right, but but I would call that as like a car chase. We wouldn't really call that like action. But, oh, uh, that's fair. I guess you're just going like pure fist fights. Yeah, the Northman's got the better yeah. ones for sure. Like, man, I, I'll tell you, I about lost my mind uh, during that one shot uh, scene of him raiding the village near the beginning of the movie. It was so epic. It, it, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, that 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 scene was awesome. Yeah. I like how the action starts with uh, the people on the wall throwing a spear, and he just catches the spear and just throws it right he throws back. It back. It's freaking badass. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, that, it, honestly, and I think that's what you could call the, the Northman. If anything, it's just badass. Like, it is it just. Is. Yeah. It's incredibly badass. Yeah. Like, you're not and really the there for the plot. were really good. I really oh, like yeah. the Al Skarsgård, Anna Taylor Joy. Absolutely crushing it. They're both fantastic. Skarsgård is just incredible at it. Like, he is just animalistic. It's oh, crazy. Yeah, he's brutal. He comes off like a freaking Viking. 
Yeah, I would even say Nicole Kidman. Uh, you know, she was nominated for an uh, she was nominated for Best Actress last year, and she's not going to be nominated for this performance. Uh, but that doesn't matter because this is might be her best performance in years. Brilliant work. Yeah, she was she was awesome. Incredible. Yeah, the whole I really enjoyed the North. Yeah, I think every performance I was like it. Um, easily my favorite Robert Eagers from. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah, not even close. I'm really disappointed that it kind of bombed in theaters. It was ninety million dollars to make, and it didn't make anywhere near that. So it kind of it bombed pretty hard in, in theaters, and it didn't deserve to. It deserved so much better. And like it had every chance it could have. It was up against really all other original content except for Sonic Two. Like it's not like it was up against a tentpole film. Like if it was gonna have a chance to make money, this would have been it. It didn't have much competition. Just no one went to see it. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. More. And I, also, like the cinema score for it wasn't very good. Now it's surprising to me. Yeah. I don't know about your audience, Tristan. My theater hated it. Really? Me and my, I, I watched it with a good friend of mine who also really likes these kind of movies, and we loved it. We uh, Afterwards, we stood outside the movie theater, and we were reenacting our favorite kills. Like, that's what's so cool about movies, is, like, I just got, like, chills just reenacting it with him. We were laughing and freaking out about some of the moments. Like, man, me and him couldn't get over uh, how he took the axe on the guy's throat, just dragged him across the wall. Like, that is so fucking cool. Like, just a lot of things like that. It's just fucking savage and badass but my audience as a whole i think besides me and him they just hated it it, it was actually a terrible theater experience for me because really? why? How, how could you tell they hate it because i can never tell because three people right in front of me were just on their phones they about 10 minutes in they just checked out were just on their phones the whole time the people oh to the right of me were just straight up talking to us and they were even whispering they just started having random con- like they just stopped watching the movie and just started talking about random shit what? It was How insane, it, insane, Why and then so uh, it, it, it was it was crazy, Tristan. And then the here, I uh, for those of you that haven't seen the film, first of all, check it out because so, you know it, it's fucking great. Skip ahead thirty seconds because I'm going to reveal a pretty major spoiler at the end of the movie. But I just want to you know tell let let. For those that have seen it and Tristan to understand how ridiculous my audience was, uh, I'm just going to quickly use an example. So skip ahead maybe 30 seconds. But Tristan, the final moment where Skarsgård dies, right, in the volcano where they're, di- where they're fighting, yep. he dies, he lays down on the dirt, and he, like, dr- and he like has like a tear falling down his face, right? Which, first yep. of all, fucking amazing moment, how they had that foreshadowed at the beginning, saying that he will not, as long as he lives, that will be his last tear, right? So, of course, that means that he's dead. Fucking great. Yep. Second of all, the rest of my theater, Tristan, was fucking laughing. They just thought it was so funny. What? Laughing. It, I was actually getting annoyed. Like, because uh, the guys talking to the right of me, they were just laughing because they thought that it was funny that he was crying. And then the people on the phone just started laughing because they just thought that, oh, well, this is funny because other people are laughing, whatever. Like, people were just laughing just to be dicks because they just hated the movie. Like, it was kind of like a, a rude laugh. They're like, <laughs> this is so dumb. Like, People hated it in my theater. It was it was crazy. Really? None of that happened in my theater. People seemed to enjoy it. I enjoyed it. It was nuts I, to me. I actually ran into one guy I used to work with uh, when I was exiting the theater. He also watched it, and he, he told me he liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. My theory is, it's because I went on the Tuesday because it was cheat night, and I just thought, oh, you know yeah. what? I might as well go because uh, it would be a couple bucks cheaper. Uh, why not? It, it doesn't matter to me what night yeah. I went. And maybe that's why we just got like the casual crowd of just people showing up on a cheap night going, eh, The Northman looks like an action movie. But yeah, they were checked out 
pretty quickly. Like, the, yeah, nothing was going to redeem it for them, which was crazy because I thought it was one of the best action films I've seen in years. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was so really, much fun. I thought it was fun. very well done. Yeah, I loved it. I thought the action was great. I thought the twist about uh, a third uh, the, the, during the final third was yeah fantastic. Did you see it coming, Tristan? I didn't, but it was one of those twists that you don't see coming, but as soon as it happens, you instantly go, fuck, that makes so much sense. This is so yeah. much better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about skip ahead if you don't hear any sort of vague spoilers. You're talking about <laughs> his father, right? Uh, yeah, about who his father really was. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. So good. And that's what a twist, and that's what makes a good twist, where like you just don't see it coming, but, but then it when sense. it happens, it just it's makes right. so much sense. It's so good. Yeah. It was, it was a really good movie. I really liked it. I was uh, reenacting some of the scenes to Andrea when I got home. She just looked at me and went, well, I'm glad you had a good time. She didn't care, but yeah. I don't know if it's an Andrea kind of No, no, this is not an Andrea movie. That's why she didn't come. No, it didn't quite feel like an Andrea film when I watched it. Seems like something that Welling would fucking love, though. Yeah. Yeah, Welling told me, uh, since, you know, uh, he loves The Lighthouse, and so he's a big Robert Eggers fan. Yeah, he told me, uh, he was debating on it. He's like, eh, I don't know. I'm going to watch Doctor Strange instead, but let me know if I should check it out. And as soon as I watched that message, I went, you should check this out. (laughs) You You should check this out. Yeah, it's for Shaheed for sure to like it. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe it's just a guy film. Like, you know, it's just... It is for sure more yeah. targeted towards a, a male audience. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, if, all action movies generally. Are, yeah, right? I, I think if you watch F9 and you go, yeah, I love action movies, um, you should probably check out The North. But I, I think it's just... It'll and if at the end out. of it you think, man, F9 is way better than The North, man. You don't like action movies. You just like to watch explosions. There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Man, I thought it was, it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be deep. Like, I thought it might be my favorite of Robert Eggers going in. Like, I was expecting it to be pretty decent. But, like, I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's for sure my favorite. I very much like it. So, also, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. What was your thoughts on that one, Trist? That is a heavy movie. There's a lot of thoughts on that one. I, um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It's the one, if you go in knowing as little as possible, mind you, I feel like if you want to see it, you've probably already seen it. It's a very cool concept. And I'm, I'm really interested in watching Doctor Strange 2 after having watched everything everywhere all at once because they're very much, I feel like, basically covering the same sort of ideas and premises but yeah. in two almost polar opposite ways that you can take it. And I, I don't know if I voiced this concern, and I'm going to spoilers now for the movie. So you haven't seen it yet, skip ahead, because I'm for sure going to spoil like, the general thesis of the film. And so, yeah. But I think I've talked to you first, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast or not, about how Marvel doing the whole multiverse stuff. And now, it's not that I dislike it, I just really hope that they don't use it as an excuse to have no stakes to things. Like how they can kill any character off, like Gamora per se. And it's like, okay, that's fine. We need to bring another Gamora from another multiverse back. Who can still Gamora as a character? Because everyone likes Gamora. So it doesn't matter who you kill off or what you do with these characters. You only just bring more of them in later from another multiverse. as the exact same character. Because that multiverse is the exact same as ours up to this point. You know what I mean? And it just doesn't matter. Because who cares? There's no stakes. But what this movie does, and I've never thought of that concept before, even though I've worded it loud before. I never thought of it. If we live in a multiverse, if, if, if this is a multiverse, and there's billions of us, nothing we do in our life actually matters. And that's what the movie was tackling, and that was a, a profound idea to put into a film, and they, they address it beautifully. Yeah, I think, I think the film is great. I, it's one that you definitely need a rewatch. 
because this will definitely be in the 2022 rake and i imagine and i plan to oh, watch yeah. it yeah once or twice oh i'll be giving it a yeah. rewatch that's for sure yeah yeah i definitely need to rewatch it one or two more times before we eventually get to that uh in what eight months time but and i think that's what makes the film so great is that the movie's like two hours and 20 minutes and it feels like it's a, a 60 minute movie like it just so much is going on there's so many worlds and layers and characters and at the end of it, I felt like I still like understood the entire journey. I feel like that's what makes the film so popular for everybody is no matter how complicated the movie does end up getting, you, you pretty much are following it the whole way through. I don't think it really leaves anybody behind. It's very clear as to what it's getting yeah, it, at. It really teaches a profound idea and a crazy concept, right? A super, like the multiverse as a concept is insane and, and very tough to grasp. And they, they, they teach it to an audience in such a smart way while presenting such a compelling and interesting movie at the same time. It's very impressive. And I agree with you that I thought the film might just be more style than substance, which, you know, yeah. when you get some of these artsy <clears throat> movies, you get that at times, like which the is fine. That's probably my number one critique on The Lighthouse. I felt very much more yeah. style than substance. Yeah, I agree. A lot of flash, a lot of, pan, you know super cool cinematography but it wasn't really saying much at the heart of the film i didn't feel like it was saying much. i agree and this movie is not like that at all it's saying a hell of a lot while still being super flashy and stylish yeah and you know you're allowed to have movies that are all style and not so much substance yeah that's not a bad yeah. thing you don't have to it, be super profound every time yeah but it's hard to really make a film connect with me that much at least that profoundly without having at least some relatable story arc or some theme that I can grasp with. And this film, like you said, with really about mattering and living in the current moment and not this constant thought of what if, right? Like her not really being happy in the moment with her daughter and with her husband and in the situation. And it tackles that saying, the perfect you is who you are. Like, I love how they said halfway through the film that, you know, Maybe, what was it? You are the worst version of all the different realities of who you are. Like, you are the worst version. This is the worst outcome for you. And maybe that's the outcome that you're meant to be. Like, maybe you're meant to just have the worst life. And that's just perfect. That's perfectly fine. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think having that inner peace with that concept is great. I, I, I love the film. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible work of art. One thing I really liked, and it blows my mind. I, I want to quickly mention this: the budget. This movie is twenty-five million dollar budget, right? That's it. Is that correct? Yeah, it's insane. I have no idea. That's that's incredible. It is insane. It's twenty-five million dollar budget. In reference, everybody. One episode of Stranger Things season four is going to be thirty million dollars. So this will be cheaper than one episode of Stranger Things. One episode of Stranger Things, or a two and a half hour work of art. Yeah, <laughs> but like, no yeah. Netflix is a dying business. Yeah, that's definitely the next story. But it's crazy to me. I mean, maybe it's like thirty million or close to that, but it is still substantially cheaper than a lot of other movies, and it looks so great. Uh, obviously, you know they. And for comparison, guys, Fantastic Beasts: The Secret of Dumbledore at a two hundred million dollar budget nearly 10 times that that for fucking dumbledore yeah yeah well then doolittle looks absolutely atrocious from two years ago and that movie was what 230 million yeah 
Yeah. Brutal. And people were saying, I think another, go back to the North, and I had a $90 million budget, as I mentioned, it's not making this money back, it's going to bomb. And people are saying that I had an inflated budget, or too big of a budget, or a bloated budget. That movie looks incredible so for good. $90 million. And Secret of Dumbledore, at least from the trailers, looks like garbage. And that was $200 million. Yeah, it makes no sense. And, you know, there, there are MCU films that look great, but I think the last few haven't really looked great at all. Like, The Black Widow is what? Is it almost $250 million? It's close to it. I think it, may yeah. be, it might be $230. $230 million. And, like, it doesn't look great at all. It doesn't look good at all. It's crazy yeah, to it me that um, yeah, a movie can have that budget. And The Northman, yeah, $90 million is a lot. But it looks like a ninety million dollar movie. Like if you it ask, looks, yeah, it looks way more than ninety million. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no. If you asked me the budget, I would have guessed way over ninety million. And that's a sign of a good budget. Like you know, Spider-Man No Way Home. It might be good at other things, but it does not look good. And the fact that that's a two hundred fifty million dollar movie is that correct? Maybe two forty. Uh, I would think. Yeah, I would think around. Yeah. There. Like it does not look like it. So it's crazy that you know the Northman is going to bomb, and people are already saying. I, I've heard the same phrase oh well they shouldn't have spent 90 million dollars on it that's way too much it doesn't even like it doesn't need to be 90 million well it, you know I, I i think that's a pretty good budget for it i think it looks like it it looks like they it's spent a, well over double that on freaking secrets of dumbledore <laughs> and that yeah. they have blue light coming out of sticks yeah like, and that's that's the special effects you know compared to the freaking northman which looks amazing yeah it's crazy to me but one thing I really liked about Everything Everywhere All at Once is that each world feels totally different, right? Like, I think it, my complaint to you about Spider-Man No Way Home is that I feared that it's hard to do a multiverse in live action because every world is just the same live action boring world, right? Like, No Way Home just felt like they're still in New York. It didn't feel like there's any actual multiverse, even though they're apparently, like, it just looked like they were just making shit up. It didn't look like a multiverse. And I thought, well, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, animation, you can make each world look so different and each style look so different. You can't do yeah. that in live action. That was my theory. But in this movie, everything everywhere all at once, uh, it, it proved my theory wrong. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because it was all in live action and it looked fucking great. Each world had a different color tone, had different outfits, had different camera angles. The camera angles I thought were great, how it looked like a totally different style. And the directors even said, which really proved this point, they shot each world at a, like, at totally different months with different costumes and everything set up. And the, it, in essence, they were shooting seven different movies to make this movie. Like they were with different crew, different production, like they were working on each, one, each world differently and it feels like it. It really feels like we're looking at totally different worlds here. Seven different movies are in one movie. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, really good. It's an incredible film. Yeah. I don't know if you've uh, noticed it, Tristan, but I really, really loved this touch. I don't know if you've seen the film In the Mood for Love. Have you heard of that one? I have not. Okay, it's a really, really good Chinese film. And one of the worlds in this movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, totally ripped out of the uh, out of that movie. Like they took this, I swear it's the same like setting, the same color tone, the same camera work, and it's the world where she's where 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 she's like the famous actress, right? But she's not with her husband in that world. Oh yeah. And the premise of In the Mood for Love is two individuals that belong together 
but because they're both married to someone else, they can never be together. And so in this world, in this universe, uh, they're, they're, this is the only universe they're not together. And so it amplifies that idea where they belong together, but in this universe, they just didn't come together. And so I thought that that was a, like, things like that just proves that they love film. They do, like, they really went out of their way to, it felt like I was rewatching that movie. It was so fucking cool. It was awesome. Yeah, the Daniels they, uh, have really proved their chops with this one here. I I enjoyed Swiss Army Man a lot, but this one, yeah, uh, they really outdid themselves here. Yeah, Swiss Army Man and Everything Everywhere All at Once are both in my top 10 for A24. Like, I love both of them. Uh, I think the Daniels are fucking great. I watched them both within the month. But yeah, <laughs> you know, this one is just uh, a league above Swiss Army Man. So, you know, but it has the same kookiness. It, it still feels like the Daniels. But then it doesn't have Daniel Radcliffe, so it does lose points in my mind. Yeah, one less Daniel, that's true. There's only two this time. Yeah, only two Daniels. That's <laughs> yeah. not fair. Oh, does that mean there's only one next time? Are they moving their way down? Oh, no. They keep losing Daniels. <laughs> one of the directors is leaving. I thought Every World was great. Is there a favorite of yours, Trust? The raccoon one's always a fun one. I, yeah, I, I think when I watched at the theater, I turned to Andrew and I said, Trust and Hannah are going to love Raccoon Tootie. They're, they're the Raccoon Tootie is always a good time. Also, with the rocks. The rocks is a fun time. Yeah, I think I absolutely died when they're carrying the raccoon away and he's just yelling, Raccoon Tootie! <laughs> I, it, was, it was just so absurd at that moment. It was so funny. Um, yeah. I, and the movie's hilarious. I don't know about it's you, Tristan. So this may have been the hardest I've laughed in years. Like, I... It was, it was hilarious. Also, way more action-packed than I was expecting. That was probably my biggest surprise. I did yeah. not expect it to be that action-packed. The action's awesome. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really had, like, tones of, like, martial art films. Uh, it was great. It did, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I love the fanny pack fight. Literally every scene the in this movie. The fanny pack yeah. fight was awesome. It was so good. It was, like, really the first scene of the multiverse, and it was just such yeah, a good it intro. Yeah, getting weird. It was like a perfect introduction. Yeah, it was a really good intro, because it was just so wacky and absurd. Uh, and big spoilers, my favorite scene ever in that movie must have probably been when the two of them were both fighting to shove the award up their ass. Oh, yeah. So they could jump to the next multiverse. I was... Uh, man, I, I cracked up so many times in this movie. It is so funny. I'm trying to think of, like the best theater experience and this might be up there my audience was cracking up you know they were cracking up during the northman as well but they were really yeah. cracking up during this they were supposed to be laughing during yeah, yeah. <laughs> they filed they were laughing during a movie they were supposed to be so that's good the northman no jokes in that one at all not a funny movie in this life <laughs> yeah but you know what it didn't have to no no uh, i love both these films i also love the batman I'm just going to say now, I think 2022 it might be one of the best starts I've had. Uh, it's, uh, it's so great. It's been knocking out of the park so far for movies. Yeah. A lot of hits and very few misses for me. Yeah, I, I think even movies that I'm not excited for, I didn't like walk out and be like, oh yeah, that was worse. Like, it was just as good as I thought it was going to be. Like, you know, I, yeah. I, I never walked away disappointed so far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which, you know, uh, I, you know, I can't say the same thing for last year. I, you know, last thing so I was a little disappointed, but, you know, what can you do? Yeah. I also did see recently The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talents. Oh! Not that I disliked it, but if anything, that might be a slight disappointment. I, I enjoyed it for sure, but I didn't love it. Yeah, I, uh, obviously, I was excited for it, like, a year and a half ago when they announced it, Trust. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, when they released the first trailer, I thought I watched it. Went okay. This isn't as wacky as I was hoping it was gonna be. That was the thing. It wasn't as kooky as I was wanting. I wanted yeah. Nick Cage to walk the rails. Yeah, me. like when Nick Cage is playing Nick Cage, like I was just expecting full wackiness. Yeah, it was so, more of a grounded yeah. performance. It was a good movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, honestly, one of the things else, the commentary on his career as an actor, you know, fairly well done, I thought. But yeah, not as cooking off the rails as I was hoping. Yeah. Yeah, so Besides I... Besides that, just as good as I was expecting, just not quite as kooky. Yeah. And so based on the trailer, I kind of know that going in now. Yeah, I think it's going to be as good as I think it's going to be. I'll, I'll wait till it's... And Pedro Pascal knocked out of the park in that movie. So did Nick Cage, of course. But Pedro Pascal did really good. Yeah, like, well, yeah. Nick Cage goes without saying. Yeah, yeah well, that's the thing. Honestly, at this point, I think so does Pedro Pascal. He, he always delivers in my mind. Yeah. Um, you still haven't seen Raising Arizona, have you? I have not. I, I also realized that when I was watching this movie, there's a lot of Nick Cage movies I haven't seen. I haven't seen the Con Air. I haven't seen either the Natural yeah. Treasure movie. I haven't seen Mandy. Wait, 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 wait. What are you talking about? We have definitely seen National Treasure too. You're right. Actually, no, you're right. 100%. I've never seen the first National Treasure, but as a kid, when I was a child, we, we for sure saw National Treasure Book of Secrets. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, I, I've seen Book of Secrets at yeah, least. Yeah, kind of grew up with that. We had that, yeah, that's true. I Yeah, at least 10 times. I've seen National Treasure 2 so many times. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen the first one. Though. No, I don't think I've seen it either, but I don't need to. I've seen Book of Secrets. That's all that matters. Yeah, 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 exactly. Everyone okay. wants the sequel is bad. I was going to say, there's absolutely no way I watched all the movie like 10 times without you. You definitely saw it. No, I was definitely saw it. Okay. You're right, you're right. I recommend Raising Arizona. I think that's my favorite Nick Cage performance. It's, yeah. it's, have, it's, you, have you seen Mandy? I have not. No, I have not. I heard that one's really good. Yeah. I've heard good things. Wait, you like Raising Arizona more than Pig? Um, well, for Wacky Cage. No, like, no, no. If Pig is really... I guess we didn't go too much into it when we were discussing on the podcast about Nick Cage as a whole. It is his single greatest performance. It's like his crowning achievement. I thought he was yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely incredible in Pig. Like as a actor, that is that's the movie you should be pointing to to show how talented he is. Raising Arizona is the one you show people when you have a couple of drinks and just love Wacky Cage. But of but yeah, I he, think he's great. He seems to acknowledge that Pig is some of his best work. He, he seems to believe that. Yeah. Um, before this movie coming out, I know he did an AMA on, on Reddit. Uh, it got so popular. It got more, more response than the, the Obama AMA on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very impressive. And he was asked what he thinks his best work is. He says he thinks Pig is, if not his best, for sure, some of his best work. I think it is. Yeah. I, I, well, you know, of the limited ones I've that. seen. Maybe National Treasure 1 is his best, but from what I've seen... Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't seen Con Air yet either, Quentin, so I'm holding my breath until I watch that. Yeah. From what I've seen, a Pig is one of the greatest that, performances. That freaking restaurant yeah. scene alone just... It gets me. Incredible. It, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, we can also quickly talk about the whole Netflix scandal, Tristan. This is crazy. Uh, yeah, Netflix not doing so hot. No, Netflix uh, reported its numbers. They lost, I believe, only 200,000 subscribers, which is a substantial yeah. amount. But they've also said that, what, by the end of the next term, they quarter, quarter they imagine they'll be down 2.5 million? Uh, 2 million, I thought is what I heard. Maybe okay. 2.5 overall if you count the 200,000 right. last time. Yeah, 2 million, that's, that's a big number to be losing. Huge. And you also yeah. gotta think them spending four hundred million dollars on two Knives Out movies probably not the smartest investment now, eh? 
400 million dollars on two knife out movies 30 million dollars on each episode of the next stranger things season if i'm correct yeah so 300 million total for the season yeah they're they're essentially yeah i don't know i love netflix especially some of their original content they have the best original content of any streaming service in my opinion but they also have some of the worst streaming content of any streaming service like they're just so all over yeah. So when you throw 500 things at a wall, two of them are going to stick. You know what I mean? Most of them don't, though. A lot of them kind of suck. And a lot of them now feel pretty low budget. All the reality shows, they're fine. I watch most of them because I like reality TV, but they're all fairly low budget. Most of their movies, not particularly amazing. I don't know. It feels like they're burning a lot of cash. It's just such a weird business model because they make all these movies. But then they don't make any money off making the movie, so they already had the money up front. So they basically have to like account for their profit when they're already planning their budget. So they know how much money they're getting in, right? Like how many movies is actually bringing in how many new people? Not very many of them. So yeah, I don't know where Netflix is going to go from here. They're they're in a tough spot because obviously one of the big problems is they used to have a whole bunch of library content from other production companies, but now most of them, besides Sony, have pulled all their content off onto their own production, you know, their own streaming services, their own platforms, uh, leaving Netflix kind of high and dry with, with a, big, a big bill and not much, a, uh, not much to show for it, unfortunately. And now they're paying out the wazoo just to keep, like, Seinfeld and other old sitcoms on. That's the only thing people are really tuning in to watch consistently at this point. They're in a tough spot. I don't really know how they can bounce back on this one. Yeah, Netflix isn't looking the best right now. You know, they're, they're not looking too hot. Yeah, I really don't know really how they're going to get themselves out of this situation. And it's just because it's kind of tough with how many other streaming services are out there right now. And, you know, they're all equally as built. Like, you know, they, they all got lots of content, so it's not like they have much of a hold on that. And really, the big thing they had going for it was they were the first ones out the gate. But if they're already losing numbers and the other ones are gaining numbers, you know, it's starting to not matter. So it's, you know, it's tough. And they were out the gate with a streaming service. But the other companies had, have decades. Right. You know, of, of, of movies that they've already produced and own that they can slap on their own streaming service. Right. Hundreds, if not thousands of films and television shows that they already own and have. They've got their own services. Netflix doesn't have that. As far as being a production company, Netflix is relatively young. They're only, what, 10 years old since they started making original content with Orange and New Black. Maybe 15 years ago, I think that was. No, that wasn't even 15 years ago. That um, was in early 2010s. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a while ago. But not that long ago. No. Yeah, no, they, they haven't really been going on for a whole lot. It's been a, really a decade run. Yeah, it's just been a wild decade. That's all. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm rooting for Netflix. I... I yeah. You know, I don't really know what other streaming services are going to be picking up Noah Baumbach and Martin Scorsese or really any of these other big films. Apple just picked up the next Scorsese film, so maybe Apple's the new saving grace for some of these auteurs, but... But I got to assume Apple TV isn't making a lot of money either. They just have the, you know, backing a big daddy Apple behind. So yeah. How, how, for how long is Apple going to be willing to shovel money into a pit before they, before they expect some kind of return? Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of on the same boat as Netflix, except really the complete opposite of streaming services, where Netflix is too much content and Apple TV is not enough content. But they're both really the only ones 
going out of their way to make exclusive streaming service movies that are like really actual movies, right? Like I think all the other streaming services are just making direct to TV movies and they look like direct to TV movies. Uh, Netflix and Apple. Excuse me. I just watched Better Nate than ever last weekend and our mother absolutely loved it. <laughs> hey, you know what? Streaming services uh, do have some good original films. Like I thought Fresh, which is on Disney Plus for us, but it's a Hulu movie. For every uh, for, I haven't for the seen states, that one yet, but Hayden liked it. Really good. I thought I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. But you know, it doesn't look like The Irishman or even like Marriage Story or, or Tragedy of Macbeth, right? Like, um, it, well, maybe it kind of looks like Coda, I guess. But like these movies yeah. from Apple and Netflix, they look like real movies you'd see in the theaters that are directly to your home. Like that's awesome. But, you know, they're few and yeah. far in between, and unfortunately it's not enough to sustain themselves compared to the other companies. But it just sucks, because, you know, I don't know if, you know, the other streaming services are going to be picking up Scorsese once Apple and Netflix die out, because maybe the Scorsese films aren't that profitable. So, yeah. Well, I think, like, I think the whole big thing is, why are you putting Scorsese films straight to a streaming service anyway? A Scorsese film is going to cost a lot of money to make. The only way you're going to recoup that money is by putting it into theaters. You know what I mean? Then on the streaming service. But when they go straight to streaming services, they don't have the theatrical run, of course. But they also typically, for most of them, don't go to Blu-ray and DVD and Steelbook and all those things as well. They don't have the physical media sales either. They also don't have that window a period after being in theaters but being on video on demand or premium video on demand where they have that revenue stream as well. So when a movie is just a straight-to-streaming service movie, they're missing out on multiple different revenue streams when they put it in theaters first then premium video on demand then a streaming service then a blu-ray release and a steelbook release and all that kind of stuff subsequently they, they they're still on the streaming service at the end of the day so people who have the streaming service can watch it and enjoy it you made all that money in the front end prior to and so i think sure i can see paramount or universal or even disney picking up these you know 20th century picking up these scorsese films or, or noah bombback films but they're not going to put them on streaming services because that doesn't make sense to I will make it one little note for Netflix at least. I think Netflix has a pretty good system with like their actual movies. You know, I'm not talking about Kissing Booth 3 here. I'm talking about The Irishman, Roma, Marriage Story, Uncut Gems. These actual films go directly to their streaming service, but then they also release them on Criterion. So you can get physical copies of these only in the collector's edition. So I think that that's at least something from Netflix. I yeah, do kind of like more, that. That's more so a nicety for people like you and I who like yeah. physical media and want to own the movies, especially movies they really enjoy, rather than it is a, a, a replacement for any sort of real theatrical run to recoup any money. I don't know how much money they're really making off releasing Roma on a Criterion play. I, right. I, I, doubt, I, can't, I don't think it's going to be that much. But I do think it's good in the sense of just preserving physical media. And if Netflix does go tits up at one point in time, at least we do have physical copies of their biggest and best films on Criterion Collection. Yeah. Uh, you know, to save I agree. those movies, they're not lost media. And I hope if Netflix does go tits up all their content, even, you know, freaking Kissing Booth movies and all kinds of stuff, don't just disappear into the zeitgeist. I hope they get saved somewhere. And I think that's what Netflix really is. It really feels like a company, or at least, you know, the, the guy that's running it is just a guy that loves movies, where, he, you know, let's pick up Scorsese for like $200 million. Is it profitable? No. Uh, and then they clearly love physical media because they're making these into physical medias on the collector's edition, uh, which is more so a nicety for us. But I think the reason why they would never put Kissing Booth on Blu-ray until, you know, maybe 
you know, they, they maybe when they go upside, they'll start releasing them on physical media. But the reason why they can't put Kissing Booth on Blu-rays, as soon as you buy it once, then you have no incentive to keep the Netflix if you're really a big Kissing Booth fan. So I'm guessing that's why, except for really the collector's editions, and they're in the expensive collect, you know, criteria, and they're like 50 bucks each. You know, you have to shell out the extra bucks to get the, uh, the physical copies if you want it. But they know that the people that are buying Criterions are probably keeping Netflix anyways because they're big movie fans. So I think that's a, I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that makes more sense for sure. I do think we will start seeing, I, know, I think they already have Netflix going to do it with like out too, seeing some of their bigger movies come to wide releases in theaters yeah. before going to, to Netflix. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to do it. I think even if it's just for like three weeks, like if it's a three-week window, wide release and then you can check it out that way if you do have netflix you don't feel like oh wow i have to wait all this time to actually get the netflix movie like uh, it's only three weeks and that makes more sense to me because something like tragedy of Macbeth, which apple plus did they released it for a few weeks in theaters i gotta see in the theaters and it was fucking awesome in theaters so i think you know you do kind of miss the theater experience when you just get it straight on your uh, streaming service especially for people that want to see it in theaters uh it's good to give them that option yeah no for sure and i would love to see some of netflix's a uh, higher quality content go to theaters and in fact later today we're later as far as we're about to get into our top five movies for for a uh the summer or top 10 movies for the summer i mean and okay. when I was looking up just a list of all the movies i i started looking at all the ones i never really heard of before just kind of clicking on them seeing if i think they might have a shot at sneaking up in the top 10 because there's always a few surprises you don't see coming and a lot of the ones i was clicking on like this movie called hustle i'm like oh that looks good it's got adam sandler or some other well-known figures that could be a possible you know up there contender and that's a netflix original trying to netflix not the actual run at all I'm like okay so not gonna be top 10 at all you know the gray man is new uh, i think ryan gosselin led action film with another star-studded cast i'm like man ryan gosselin action film coming out a good time this summer oh that's a netflix original all right not gonna be top 10 for sure then Right, so you know, it made one make the, making the list a little easier, but two, it's also kind of surprising. Like, are these movies I could see making pretty good runs at the box office? They're just not going to have any chance of doing that. They're going to go straight to Netflix. Yeah, the Ryan Gosling one is really interesting because I believe this is his first film in quite a few years. Like he's finally back and he's coming to a Netflix film. Yeah, and it looked like a pretty star-studded cast, you know. I never heard of the movie before. Probably because it's a Netflix original. That's why I never heard of it before. Yeah. Awesome. Never heard of that one before. Probably because it's a Netflix original. That's why I never heard of it. I don't know how profitable that business model is. Yeah, and maybe that's their issue. Maybe it's they just hard. They're blockbuster-level yeah. films. But then they're just putting them on the streaming service that people aren't, like, no one's going to re-signing up for, for Netflix for these movies. One, most people have never even heard of them, even though they are, you know, blockbuster-level films. Uh, because... Obviously, Netflix is going to pump a bunch of marketing money into it because they're not making money off these movies anyway. So why would you put marketing money into it? Then no one's hearing about these movies. I never heard of the Adam Project until like Netflix on was there one day, right? Another movie full of stars that they could have gone to theaters and was very popular on Netflix, but it didn't, right? How many people actually made a Netflix account to watch the Adam Project, though? I doubt very few, if any, made a Netflix account to watch the Adam Project. But I'll, you know, like, because most people have never even heard of it. If you didn't turn Netflix on and saw it right there for the For You page. Like, I don't know. I don't get the, the profitability of pumping all these monies into the movie. And, yeah. and I, I can't see that many people make an account just to watch. Yeah, and it would really help if they put these trailers in, like, if they made trailers for these movies and built some hype around them on YouTube exactly. and in the theaters. 
yeah, sure, the marketing, they would have to have more of a budget for that. But, you know, maybe instead of making like 10 movies, make six and have marketing for them. I don't know. And put them in theaters so you can recoup a lot of that money that you spent on yeah. marketing back anyways so from the theater ticket sale. Yeah, yeah, it boggles my mind. I, I wish the best for them because, uh, you know, Netflix is one of my favorite streaming services. I can't say my favorite anymore because I think HBO Max and then Crave for Us is by far the best. I don't even think it's a close competition. Yeah, it's not the biggest library for sure. It's it is just, library, it's just so. leagues better. It's insane. Well, there are, like, I said, we have Crave on HBO Max. Yeah, there are some things that are on HBO Max. Go, oh, I'm sure it's on Crave. I'll look up on Crave and it's not there. Yeah. Like, well, because that it means it's just not in Canada. I just can't watch it. That new Harley Quinn show that I've heard really good things about. Just can't watch it. It's not on Crave. Yeah, there's even more stuff on HBO Max. That's how big that streaming service is. Because it's not even on Crave and Crave. Yeah. And in all fairness, the Warner huge. Brothers Media has been around for nearly a hundred years now. They've yeah. been around for friggin' decades. So of course they have a massive library of content. That's awesome. Uh, we've said that Netflix is the best original content, but HBO is their stuff's not original. All this HBO, but they have the best television shows. Probably like oh yeah, any yeah. Streaming service. All the I want so many of the HBO shows. I mean, so many good. Ones. Yeah, yeah. There's just so much that you you know, it'll just take a while to get through them all. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Sopranos. Yeah. Oh, always sunny in Philadelphia. I mean, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. I'm watching Succession right now. That's really freaking good. There's so much good stuff. Game of Thrones, if you haven't seen that already, at least I'm caught up on that one. Yeah. I'm rooting for the best for Netflix, but it's hard to go against these big tentpole blockbusters. Which I wouldn't um, be surprised, though, if Netflix goes, a, uh, if say things get worse for Netflix. Uh, I can, could you see Sony just straight up buying them up? I think streaming services are going to start combining. I think they need to start, you know, whether it be Sony buying them, or the um, There's a Sony merging together. Yeah, Connie's and Netflix as their sort of pseudo streaming service, so they haven't have any of the hassle back to operating the streaming service. Good call. Uh, which I think is pretty smart for Sony. Uh, but I think Sony probably has a big enough box to do it if they wanted to, and add a massive group of content to their library. And at this point, jump into the streaming stores with already a bunch of subscribers on a well known franchise with a well known name um, in the streaming atmosphere. So it yeah. could be a good leaping off platform. Or as you kind of already hit that, maybe one of the other big streaming services like, you know, Peacock or Disney or something like that or, or HBO goes in and just buys Netflix themselves and then they just bundle their content together. Yeah, well, I hope Disney doesn't buy it, but they might be the most likely. Why not just buy out your stuff? I don't think they will. I bet you guys at some point Disney can only get so big before they violate antitrust laws. I don't know how much bigger Disney can get before they break. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're really tipping their toes around. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, they're really pushing them out. But mind you, so same with Warner Brothers at this point because they also just remerged with the Discovery Plus, right? And so realistically, I think we can probably see Discovery Plus possibly getting rolled into HBO Max as well, yeah. which would be a, a massive content of library. You, you know, just being added to an already massive content of library, it'd be huge. Anyways, are you ready to discuss uh, our predictions for I am the? Very ready. For the uh, top, I'm feeling pretty confident yeah. about my list. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, so we're going to be making a list here of our predictions for the top 10 grossing films during the summer box office. So this was taken from Dan Merle. Uh, I just, I, I think it's a really fun idea. I saw it last year, and in my head, I was like, okay, we're going to do this next year. This is just like a fun idea to just yeah, follow well, through. Honestly, I've been making my list. I've been watching Dan Merle for a while, so I've been making my own list for a couple of years now. Typically, I'm not very close, but I, uh. This is the first time we're podcasting about it. It's the first time I'm competing against somebody for it. 
So yeah, I'm hoping to do a little bit of this sooner than I tend to. Yeah. Yeah, and in that way, while we're doing our podcasts uh, every two weeks, we can just like do a quick follow up on how we're starting to look on our list here. Like, this is we're doing domestic box office only here. Yeah. Right? Yeah, only domestic. Yeah. And for only domestic, just to give a bit of a layout here. So for those that don't follow Dan Merle, I don't exactly know what we're doing. We're going to be making a prediction right here. This is the first week of the summer box office, technically, because it's the, the yeah. uh, Doctor Strange film. Uh, of May, Doctor Strange is kicking it off for us. Yeah, so this is the first week of the summer box office. I know it's only May, and then it ends on the end of August uh, for releases. We're still going to follow it for a month or so after that just to see how our movies do. We'll get a good feel probably near the end of September, how everything's looking up. But uh, for the score, you know, just to make it a friendly competition, if either of us get the movie on the exact position, we get three points. If we're off by one, so we're one higher or one lower than the final result, you get two points. And if it just makes the top 10, it just has to crack the top 10 list, you get one point if the movie is on there. So, Tristan, how, how do you want to do this? Do you want to do... Uh, well, first off, Quentin... We had to play for something. We can't just play for fun. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, the winner's got to win something here. Here's what I'm thinking, all right? Obviously, people at this point in the podcast know we do our, our big end of the year ranking at the end of the year. Planning on doing that again. I will bet you we each get 15 picks. I'm only waiting for one of my picks. The winner will have 16 picks, and the loser will only have 14 picks on the, <laughs> on the, on the end of the year ranking podcast. Okay, you know what? That, that's fun. That's fun. I'll do that. Uh, to be fair. I think I'm going to lose this. I, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I've never even looked at the summer box office before, uh, so I'm probably setting myself yeah, up for I, disaster. I honestly am feeling pretty good. I have been keeping track of the box office. I love movies, but I'm also a business guy, so I love keeping track of box office and watch them. And so, yeah, summer box office season's one of the biggest seasons for movies. So, yeah, I like to think I'm, I, I have knowledge here, but you ne- one thing I have learned is you never know anything. Yeah. There's no way of guessing, right? So. That's fair. Okay, you know, yeah, let, let's do it. That's a fun idea. I like it a lot. So there you go. We got a bit of a wager here. Uh, one extra pick uh, for the podcast. So uh, we can kind of work our way down the line, right? At number 10. Uh, do you want to talk about our number 10s for our predictions? Yeah, that's our number. Even though, honestly, I feel like the number 10 is probably going to be the, you know, the most out there one. Because literally anything can sync up to that number 10, number 9 spot. Not literally anything's going to sync up to the number 1 spot. Right, you kind of know of which movies are going to be the number one, two, three spots, but that's the number true. 10 spot well, wait, actually, uh, yeah, yeah, actually, that's a good point. Do you want to start with the start from number one then? What do you oh, think? Whichever way you want to do it, I'm not for either. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, maybe we should just start at number one because I think the, the beginning's kind of predictable. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you want to go with your number one first, or yeah, uh, my number one is uh, the one that's kicking this whole summer off, and that's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Menace. Well, I didn't think we were going to have the same first number one, but it looks like we do. Uh, I also have Doctor Strange in the multiverse. You didn't think we'd have the same one? I didn't. I, I thought you were going to go with a... Uh, in my mind, there's like three massive blockbusters coming out this year. I mean, this summer. And I thought you might have gone on one of the other ones. I, I don't know. Well, we already have our list. We can just talk about it openly. Well, what did you think I was going to put at number one? I thought you were going to put like Thor or something. Another one. Okay. No, I think it's clearly Doctor Strange. I don't think it's going to yeah, be close. Yeah, I think it's Doctor Strange for sure. Yeah, it's definitely Doctor Strange for, like, multiple factors. One of them being, it's essentially like Spider-Man, where it's just going to be, like, pretending it's the multiverse, but it's just going to be an excuse to have a bunch of cameos, right? Like, like the, the movie is just 
basically just money yeah. grabs, right? Like, okay, we got people really you know. I feel like Come the watch it. Big Marvel movie of the year this year. I really just feel like Doctor Strange. So like the big tenfold one that's really big in the whole MCU universe. It's like the MCU movie of the year where Thor and Wakanda Forever are feel more just like self-contained Thor movie and a Wakanda Forever movie. This one feels like an MCU movie. It's it's the whole universe coming together at once in Doctor Strange too. It's been super hyped. It's I I haven't really watched a uh, too much of the reactions so far. So maybe if I paid a little more attention to the news today about its opening day and everything, I might have a better gauge for it, but I really haven't been. One thing I did notice today that kind of cemented it as my number one spot, though, was I saw a tweet today saying, showing how there is a theater in New York, an AMC yeah. theater, that is playing this movie 70 times yeah. in one day. 70 showings of one movie in one theater. That is insane. It's kind of they depressing. Have it playing pretty much every 20 minutes, something from 3 o'clock to 2 a.m., 70 freaking showings yeah yeah it's embarrassing that's brutal that's that's happening i had to drive to another town to watch everything all the theater playing and they're showing dr strange 70 times crazy yeah yeah it's insane um but yeah dr strange is a no-brainer for me uh thor love and thunder is going to by far be the superior film. Like I would be shocked if it's worse. It's I think I it's going to be so. way better. And also some of the reviews I have seen for Doctor Strange seem pretty lukewarm. Yeah, I I from what I've heard, you know, from the people I follow, the people that I trust, Doctor Strange is not good. Like I don't think it's going to be good at all. I think Here's it's going to. Be- if you see hear a Marvel movie get lukewarm reviews, and it's not a female led Marvel movie, <laughs> it's probably just not a very good movie. Yeah. Because if the Marvel fans are not liking it. And it's not female-led because Marvel fans just won't like that in general. Uh, it's probably, it's probably just not very. Good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have. I think it's. I think it might be the worst film of this top ten for me. Um, quality-wise, I, I don't think it's going to be good. But there's no denying. Oh, it's not, wait, um, this is nowhere near the worst in the top ten from quality. Well, actually, yeah, actually, that's actually you're you're right. very, very clear. Lowest quality. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Sorry, but yeah, you know, this would be like bottom three for me of the top oh, ten. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think it's going to. Oh, I don't think it's yeah, going to yeah. be good. It's not my list, almost certainly, but yeah, like I'm, I'm. I'm going to wait till it's on Disney Plus for free because I'm not going to contribute to this box office. I don't care about this movie. I'm actually playing. We were going to go watch it uh, tomorrow when I got down Kingston with me, Hayden, and Jada. But the UFC fights are on tomorrow, so next weekend. Because uh, at the beginning of the year, me and Hayden told Jada, we told Jada she could pick three movies that she really wants to watch. And we'll go see them with her in theaters. And she picked this one. Okay. So I will be seeing this one in theaters with Hayden and Jada. Um, although if it wasn't for that promise, I don't really know if I would have been honest. I'm really not too excited. Yeah, I I'm not excited for it. Uh, I I do hope it surprises me, but uh, I'm currently doing a Sam Raimi binge just to get into the mood. Uh, so I watched Evil Dead two days ago. I'm going to watch Evil Dead two soon. Uh, so you know, I'm getting in the mood. I kind of like his comedy horror style. I think it would actually fit exceptionally well in the mul- in like a multiverse film. Like I can see yeah, it. I, I like. See right. it. I guess I I kind of keep forgetting Sam Raimi's directing. I know. I can see directors of Marvel movies just don't matter. But I um I do really like Sam Raimi. I, I like his visual style for for yeah. action scenes and fighting scenes and stuff. So maybe I'm maybe I'll like this. one. The fact that like you know speaking of uh, the person we're doing this list off, Dan Merle. I don't know if you saw it, Tristan. Even he, who is like the pinnacle of positivity, said it wasn't great. Well, I don't watch uh, reviews typically to laugh. I might be weird, Tristan. I 
turn a review on and I just listen to their first sentence or two. It's pretty much like an elevator pitch. I'm like, all right, Dan, give me the elevator pitch on Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I listen to the first two sentences. Not respectful. I kind of do the same thing, sort of do the same thing, but just like how I don't watch trailers, but I do look at posters. I really like Dan Merle's videos. His thumbnail, you look at his face. (laughs) You can tell his opinion on the movie, really. Just by his face is his thumbnail. He he definitely does it pretty expressively with his opinion on the movie. I didn't tell from this thumbnail. He didn't really like the movie. Put this at number one because once again, Chang Chi was kind of what was you know by far the best MCU film for me last year, uh, and I think Thor: Love and Thunder will be like that. Whereas stylistically and story wise, it's going to be by far and above the better MCU film. But Spider Man and Doctor Strange—they're the, they're, you know they're they're the MCU cameo movies, and there's no denying this movie is going to be huge and. I looked at the list here, Tristan. It's the only big movie coming out in May. There's yeah, no competition. The you always got to look at what the competition is. Yeah. And Doctor Strange has two to three weeks of uh, nothing else interfering it. Just free screen time. It is the big movie for two to three weeks. Yeah. I think, what, what's the next big one The next big out? one is uh, Top Gun Maverick on the last week of May. That's, yeah, okay. And yeah. it's not even like the same demographic. Similar demographic. What? It's like totally opposite. Top Gun Maverick is like six-year-old dudes want to relive the glory days, and Doctor Strange is like 15-year-olds. It's like totally different. The general target market for Doctor Strange, you're right, Quentin, is young teenagers, you know, like 15, 16-year-olds. But let's be honest, most people going to watch it, and at least going to watch it multiple times, are 45-year-old men, Um, (laughs) which is the same thing with Maverick. So I, I do think the target markets are di- completely different, but the average audience, almost identical. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, I like the whole thing of like Pokemon's target demographic is 13-year-olds and Call of Duties. It's like uh, young adults, even though only 13-year-olds play Call of Duty and only young adults. <laughs> and mostly it's Pokemon. So it's, it's sort of like one of those real backwards things. Where the target market and the actual demographic are, are very different. Yeah. All right. So we can move on to... Number two here. Uh, what's your guess here for number two? Uh, I went real base here. I think MCU is going to sweep or I thought Thor number two. You know, it's a good thing we started at the top here because we're on the same page. I also put Thor: you Love and Thunder Thor number two. Yeah, yeah. I think Thor. I think a um, with Thor Ragnarok being as good as it is, I'm really baking Thor being also very good and having also very strong word of mouth. And I think that's why I put it above what I have at number three even though I can't see what I have at number three sneaking up and beating it. I really put this one because I think it's not a better word of mouth. I think it's not the better reviews. I think people are going to go and rewatch this one more than they'll watch the one I have at number three. And that's why I put this one at number two. Here's the thing. Everybody says word of mouth has a big thing. Word of mouth mean, word of mouth meant a lot maybe like 10 years ago. It means jack fucking shit nowadays. People don't no, care. that's why. Everything, that's a lie. yeah. No, no, because everything everywhere all at once had the best word of mouth. Everybody says it's the best film of the year. Every single person has seen yeah. it. I go up to friends and I go, hey, have you heard of Everything Everywhere All at Once? They go, oh yeah, I heard it. It's one of the best films of all time. And I go, it is. It's really fucking good. You should check it out. Yeah, and they go, eh. Exactly. And that's why in its sixth week in theaters, it, it, it made more money in the sixth week of theaters than it did in its fifth. You don't have to do that, Quentin. That, that, I know. That, that doesn't happen often. Well, especially if you don't increase theaters. Yeah. I, I said, Jack shit, it doesn't do a lot. It, it, sure, it kept it steady. But it did not make it like a huge success. It broke even. Like, you know, I love the film to death, but it is not a worldwide success here. This isn't like a real Cinderella story. No, but it's for also not tied to the MCU. 
No, exactly. Because I went to people and some friends in real life and they're like, oh yeah, I heard it's one of the best films of all time. And I'm like, yeah, you should go check it out. And they go, eh, I might check it out sometime. I can't wait till Doctor Strange comes out in a week though. People don't give a fuck. If it has the MCU title, that's all they care about. And so Thor Love and Thunder, even if it sucks, it doesn't matter. It is a MCU movie. It goes to the top of the list. That's how, that's how my list goes. That's how that works. Yeah. But that's, there is... Yeah, for number three, can we talk about two and three in hand yeah, here? Yeah, I agree. I have Jurassic World number three. You have Jurassic World number three. Yeah, Jurassic World. Yeah. Jurassic, like, those are the top three. Doctor Strange, Thor, Jurassic World. Those are the top three. Which order they're going to be in, I do think it could go either way. Um, I don't. I have Thor 2, Jurassic World 3, because I think Thor is going to get better review. And because of that, and because I know if there's a Marvel movie that gets decent reviews and people like it, you get the 45-year-old men who go and see it four or five, six times. And I think we're going to see that more with Thor than we will with Jurassic World. And that's why I have Thor 2 and Jurassic World 3. I think a lot of people can go see Jurassic World. I don't know how many people have Jurassic World 3, 4 times. I know there's going to be a lot of people who can go see Thor 2, 3, possibly even 4 times. And so that's why I have Thor number 2 and Jurassic World 3. I'm expecting Jurassic World to be hopefully good. I do have more faith in Thor being good than Jurassic World being good at this point in time. Just because oh, Ragnarok was phenomenal and Fallen Kingdom was dog food. Yeah. yeah, I have way more faith in Thor. And I, and I am more excited for Thor. Yeah, the reason why a Thor, I think, is definitely going to beat Jurassic World, and you're right, I guess there's a chance, I would say it's a very slim chance that Jurassic World could beat it, because... If Jurassic World is great, I can see it beat Yeah, if it's great, if I... World is, is gen- I think whichever is going to be the better movie, mind you, if they're equally as good, Thor is going to be above it. Even if Jurassic World is... Uh, if, it, if it's really the next coming of filmmaking, like, if, if it's really, like almost on par with the original Jurassic Park, then yes, it, it, it will do better because it really could have this wave of, oh my gosh, it's back, baby. Jurassic World is back. But even if it's like a, like a 90% on Rotten Tomato and Thor Love and Thunder is like a 60%, uh, the, the MCU fans don't care. Uh, Doctor Strange is an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and it's a 3.5 on Letterboxd. It is atrocious. It is not doing good, especially in MCU standards. It is not looking good. It is still Wait, my number one prediction. On Letterboxd, atrocious? Well, 3.5 is it's not in the top 12 MCU movies, which I, I guess atrocious. Well, like, you know. yeah, yeah, it's right in the middle, which I guess isn't atrocious, but for a movie that has this much hype is it, uh, pretty shocking because Spider-Man No Way Home, which I don't think is great, uh, is a 4.2. So it's... Yeah, honestly, yeah. on the rewatch, uh, I agree with you. No Way Home, only okay. Yeah, on a re- yeah, I agree. If No Way Home came out in October and I had time to rewatch for the podcast, I would have dragged that sucker down. I actually Even think it's terrible. Me and Hayden, we both for sure, we and Hayden both agree after the rewatch. Like, yeah, it's not, a, it's not, it's only okay. It's yeah. Only, it's been, yeah, it is. It is a tough movie. It's weird because it has so much potential and it has so many highs, but also so many lows. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I was. It, but also things that I'm like, oh, why would you do it that way? There's so many better ways to do it. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, it's crazy. It's below Eternals for me now. Like it, it, it's sunk. Oh God, don't be, don't be. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't like it all. I think it's. It's, I think, well, it's definitely my bottom 10 MCU. It's not in my bottom five, though. Like, you know, it's just, it's just very fine. Dude, MCU's made some freaking stinkers. Yeah. It's not bottom 10 for it. It might be, like, I think it's, like, my ninth least favorite. Like, you know, it's it's just cracked it. But, yeah, it's just not my thing. 
Um, and Doctor Strange is apparently worse. So I'm like, you know, I don't know. I don't have any faith in it, but I still think it's number one. It doesn't matter how bad the reviews are. You know, the reviews aren't great for it. It doesn't matter. This yeah. is number one. doesn't matter how well, bad the reviews are for Thor. We're on the top three. So I think it's a good thing we start with the top here. Yeah. We have Doctor Strange number one, Thor number two, and Jurassic World Dominion at number three. All right. Uh, even though of the three, actually, Thor, Thor is probably the one I'm most excited. Oh, easily. Thor is the only one I think is going to be good. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, I have faith in Jurassic World. Mostly because I'm easy to please. I just like big dinosaurs fighting. Yeah. I have no faith in Jurassic World. Are you ready for that? And I think we're on the same number four. I think after that is... Really? Okay, you know, you go first. I think I have a bit of a shocker. Oh, okay. Do you not have Lightyear? Nope. Oh, okay, okay. I got Lightyear number four. It's Pixar. It's in the Disney... I mean, it's in the Toy Story universe. It's... I think the animation looks great. I think people keep saying how the the concept is tough to grasp or people are getting confused by the concept. I don't think the concept is tough to grasp at all. They did this back in the early 2000s of the other Buzz Lightyear movie and the Buzz Lightyear animated show that I guess everyone forgot but me. Uh, they've done this before and children understood it back then. I don't know why children wouldn't understand it now, especially with more multiverse, more meta things and movies happening that younger kids are watching more and more of. I don't think it's going to be confusing. I think it's going to I think it's going to be a pretty good movie. I think it's going to hit. I think it's the big Pixar release of the year. First time a Pixar movie's going to theaters since Story Story 4, which made over a billion dollars in theaters. I think Lightyear is going to be a, a smash out hit. Here's the thing. I can see all these top four grossing over a billion dollars. I can't see anything underneath these top four grossing a billion dollars. And that's why I have this at number four, because I can see it grossing over that billion dollars. Yeah, Lightyear's the obvious pick. I was trying to go a little outside the box here. I am doing yeah. Probably the worst film coming out this summer. Give me Minions Rise of Gru. That was about to say. The only other movie you could possibly this year that might gross that million dollar mark would be Minions. But I am not okay. I couldn't sleep at night if I put it in the top five. Yeah. In your top five? Oh, it's not even in your top five. Okay. There's yeah, it's what? not it's not top five. <clears throat> well then easy win for me, because Minions, uh, as much as I hate to say it, uh Illumination is the worst company uh, to make film, and they are doing a great job at making money. And this will make a lot of money, and I, I will do be think sad. we're seeing a um, more people catch on to the fact that Illumination is generally just trash tier films. I think we're seeing diminishing returns on a lot of their movies. The Spickle Me 3 made less than the other Minions, and the Spickle Me 2 did. And that even that one came out, what, seven, six years ago now? Uh, it's been a while since they had a Minions movie. I don't think very many people are excited for this one. They've done three marketing pushes for this movie because they did like two summers ago, last summer, and now this summer they're doing another marketing push. I think people are going to be fatigued. I think people are going to already assume the movie came out and thought they just missed it. I, I, I don't think it's going to be as big as a lot of the other Illumination and, and, and just film me movies and mini movies have been, but maybe I'm just being optimistic. optimist. I hope this one absolutely bombs, and so maybe I'm just being spiteful. I, I think all the signs are pointing to this one is not going to be as successful. This one's not going to be successful. The other despicable me films have Sing Two what did not make that much money compared to a lot of the other elimination movies have. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it's going to be. I think we're seeing that the, the teetering of the end here for Illumination up until December when Mario comes out, and that will be a massive smash hit. I think Mario will cross over a billion dollars. Less because most people are going to be overlooking the fact that it's Illumination and just focusing on the fact that it's a friggin' Mario movie and people will be stoked for that. And then I think we're going to see Illumination sort of lean more into these uh, pre-existing IPs that they can buy the licensing rights to and make movies based on those, sort of like what they did with How They're Grinch Stole Christmas and they're doing with the Mario movie. I guess they're doing that with more other 
IPs, and still pumping out a few more Minion movies, I'm sure, because they're the biggest franchise. But I don't think we're going to see any more ASC movies. I don't think we're going to see any more Super Pet movies. Uh, I could be wrong. Though. Yeah, I think you're so wrong. I don't know. I, I want you to be right. Hey, Tristan, I'm rooting for you to be right here. Uh, fuck I, Elimination. I could just be optimistic. Um, so that's why I, I have... And whereas I have Lightyear. Lightyear is going to make more than Minions. You, wait, you think Minions is going to make more than Lightyear? Uh, here, okay, here, here's my two reasons. Here, here's my two reasons, all right? One, I'm still not confident Lightyear's making it in theaters. Disney. Oh, I am. It's too, too close. It's too freaking close. And it's also... What are you talking about? I think it's almost... What do you mean? It's coming out, like, in a month. It's, it's coming out in, like, close. two months. It's coming out, like... It's, I think, June 17th or June, June 24th. It's just before my birthday. I know that. So, like, a month, a month and a half away. Isn't it? Isn't it coming out in July 15th? No, it's coming up before my birthday, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. I, th- I thought it was coming out in July. Ju- it's coming... When is uh, Jurassic World coming out? I thought that's coming out in July. Yeah, it's coming out the week after Jurassic World. Is it? Which is why I didn't pick it, because it's coming... It's competing with Jurassic World. It's coming out the week right after Jurassic World. When's the you're coming out? June 17th. Well, Jurassic World... Okay, well, maybe I, th- I thought oh, it was really July. it is. June 10th is Jurassic World. Okay. Yeah, it's coming out the week right after Jurassic World. I didn't know when each one was coming. I thought it was July 10th and July 17th. I guess it's June 10th, June 17th. Yeah, it's coming out the week after Jurassic World, which I think uh, might still have some legs on the second week, so it might hurt a little bit. And, I you know... And, and I still think it's going to do well. Uh, spoiler, I have it at number five. Like, I still think it's going to do well. Okay. But I have it at five because it's competing the week after Jurassic World, uh, and then the week after that, Nope is oh no 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 Nope is coming out uh, in July. I th- I, yeah, nope is July. I thought I thought it was July. That's why I thought that. But it's co- it's competing with Jurassic World. Uh, you know, I know it's in a month and a half, but you know, I'm still not even convinced it's even coming to theaters. So I put it at fifth. You're 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 convinced it's not coming to theaters, but you did put it on your list. Just still a brave pick. Well, um, yeah, I'm not going to be, you know, if it is in theaters, I still want to get the point. It's, game, it's guaranteed big money. Yeah. I think it's for sure making more than Minions. I, I, think, I think it's for sure making more. Yeah, and then Minions is competing with nothing. It has two free weeks. It's got no competition the week it comes out, and then the week after, it's like garbage. So it has two weeks to make the kitties some money. I think they intentionally released it that week because there's no competition for it, and Illumination is a little scared of the big Mickey Mouse, so I think the release date is really good for it. And, you know, I think surprisingly, when the first Minions was announced, everybody thought, this is, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. This is, this is just idiotic. And it made a billion dollars. And then it made a billion dollars, and every single person that watched it went, it's actually not as bad as I thought. Uh, it's pretty good. I think for- every person who watched yeah. it goes, no, that was just as bad. Oh, well, I thought everybody was, I, you know, I haven't seen it yet. I heard people be like, you know what? It's pretty good for a Minions movie. You know, like, I don't think anybody loved it. It's pretty good yeah. for a Minions movie. That just goes to show Minions movies probably shouldn't exist. Uh, I agree. But I don't think it got, like, the absolute backlash it should have because it's it a terrible idea. But your, your main character, your second main character, and your third main character don't speak any known language to humans. Only freaking gibberish. And that's the entire basis of the film. Um, <laughs> disaster. Yeah. Horrendous. It's, it's going to be the worst movie of the summer. 
and it's gonna be the fourth most successful, baby. So you, so you have Lightyear at number five. Yeah. I have at my number five here, then. Uh, we're once again different. I have Maverick at number five. So I got Top Gun Maverick. And this is one, two things. I think there is a lot of hype for this movie. I, I think I had to see this one. See, Tom Cruise action movies always have, uh, make, make good money. I mean, not always. A lot of times they make good money. And the reviews for this one have been very positive for what I've seen. The yeah. early reviews from what I saw, people are clamoring it's better than the first. People are, are, are absolutely, and don't, I get that these are people that were invited to go see the movie early. I think it was at Cinecon who really showed it. I think the Paramount release in Cinecon had it playing early. And uh, the reviews I've seen have been through the roof positive. They've been elated about this film. And so I think those two things put together, just, you know, a well-known IP from the 80s, Tom Cruise action film, all the suns are real. You got that wow factor because of that. You want to see it in theaters and the biggest screen possible, the best audio system possible. Top Gun, the original, is such a beloved movie. I think as a, um, at least in pop culture age really well, people still talk about it very popular. Like, people seem to like it from what I understand. I, I think it's an all right film. And I think this one's going to do game bucks. I think this one's going to be big money. I don't think it's going to quite cross that billion dollar mark, but I think it will fall just short of that. Wow. I think this one, keep my room domestic, so none of these are making a billion dollars domestic. Like, and also, domestic, I think, is going to be a big thing here, too. I think Maverick, most of its budget, I think, is going to come from the domestic box office. The one that's really pushed here in North America. But I think the original Top Gun is sort of one of those cultural movies of North American zeitgeist in the 80s. Right? Sort of one of those classic action films from the 80s. And I think we're going to see a lot of people excited for nostalgia and wanting to watch something sort of similar to that. I think Maverick is going to strike a chord with the audience. I'm feeling pretty good about getting that extra pick now. <laughs> really? Top Gun Maverick is a movie for adults. It's not going to make money. Maybe. You're right. It is. It, that's a good point. It's maybe a movie for adults, a movie with a teenager. I know what to do, right? Like, it is an action movie that's generally wide. You know, it's a pretty easily accessible film I would watch. It's not too complicated. It's not the Northman. Yeah. Right? It, it's not heavy. It's not, you know, hard to understand. It's... it's Airplanes flying and they do cool stunts and shoot at one another. What more do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be very popular. I think it's going to. I think it's really going to shoot people. Yeah, there's um, another action movie that came out this year that got even better reviews and is considered one of the best films of all time. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once, and it made no money. So this movie, I don't think, is going to do yeah, too. Yeah, had a twenty-five million dollar budget, which a lot of people consider that an indie. And just due to the fact that it's an indie film, won't really want to go on. And it doesn't have any big stars, or not based on any existing IP. You know what I mean? It doesn't have any nostalgia to it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, think, I think there are people that are pumped for this. Uh, I think all the 60-year-olds are probably just going to wait till it's on Netflix, though. I don't think this is... I think it's going to do great. You know, a little teaser. It is in right. my top I, 10. But, you're you know. right. We have seen that the, the movies that, that try to draw an older audience, that do target a more mature audience, they're the ones who are really struggling um, in this post-pandemic a uh, cinema landscape we're in. Typically, kids' movies or family movies are, of course, Marvel movies. Other ones are bringing in the big monies. Uh, but I think this is going to be the first one to get the baby boomers back in. I think because the baby boomers even understand when Tom Cruise does an action film, you got to see that on the big screen, baby. And I think, I think they're going to show up for that. I think we're, we're this far. I think we're far away enough from the pandemic. Cases are going to be pretty low. It's going to be middle of the summer. You know, you know, pandemic typically doesn't spread as much in the summer. It's hot out, all that kind of stuff. I think this is going to be one of the movies that it's going to be a lot of old people's first time back in the theater for it. I really think so. Okay. All right. 
Uh, so you go ahead. What's your number six? Your number yeah. five was, was Lightyear. Yeah, so we can so move on to my number six, and that is going to be uh, the only one that I actually think is going to be good out of this entire summer. I think, I don't know about you, Tristan. I think this summer is going to be a bit of a stinker, in my opinion. I don't think any of these movies sound uh, that well, great. I think this summer's going to be pretty good. It's going to be on, an, on par for most summer movie seasons, I think. Uh, I just think for how good this year's been up to this point. It, I don't think it's going to be as good as what we've had so far yeah. this year. Only because this year's been so freaking good. Yeah, it, I think there's a like, really decent summer lineup. I think there's some movies here I'm excited for, but nothing in here I'm writing home about. You know what I mean? Besides, I think the one you're better to talk about. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think 2022 is going to be a giant U. Where, where we really peaked at the beginning. We're going to do a little scoop at the bottom for the summer, and we're going to come right back up when we get to the uh, the uh, last few months. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe the one little uh, peak for me uh, in this U shape of 2022 is going to be my number six, and that's Nope. Yeah, no. Oh, man, I'm excited for Nope. Oh, man, I, I you am so excited. Six. You think this is going to be the sixth most profitable movie of the summer? Um, no, but I want to support it. I, 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 you know, I didn't realize we were uh, betting a movie uh, slot for this at the time. I was just kind of wanted to talk about Are you about still nope. putting me in number four, then? You gotta make up your mind here, Quentin. Well, you know, I, I you know, I, uh, I was trying to go, I was trying to get some little surprising picks. This is a podcast. I'm trying to spice things up. That's respectful. I, I think my, I think my picks are gonna be surprising too. For yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on. Nope. Uh, do you even have any top ten trust? Of course. Okay. All right. Okay. Whew. All right, I do. Good. I do think it's gonna be top ten worthy for sure. I just don't think it's gonna be number six. Uh, mostly because the other, you know, us and get out. Yeah. Uh, once again, phenomenal word on both of them for sure. Actually, get out. Um, they both came out in the fall, I mean, in February, so not summer movies. This is the first time a Jordan Peele movie is really going to a big, a, uh, you know, box office season like this. And I think it's going to feel some turbulence because of that. I, I think it's going to do good, but just not maybe as good as it might have literally been in February or even just the end of August. But there, there really is this thing in July that is running into a buzzsaw. That is a, a difficult season to be releasing a a smaller, more grounded, or you know, film like this one, a more artsy fartsy kind of movie like this one. I think it's going to be a uh, a difficult one to even just fight for slots in theaters. Yeah, yeah, but it's still uh, it's not really competing anything the first week, and I think the second week uh, I don't think it's anything too major. I think it's Super Pets, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it's just a kids movie. I think they're fine. Yeah, I think they're good. That's true. That's a good point. So I think um, I think it's a good spot for them. Uh, if they were even just a week later, because after Super Pets, the next week is, I believe, Thor, if I'm not mistake, mistaken. I'm kind of going off of memory. I did this like 12 hours ago. I think Thor before Super Pets. I could be wrong. Okay. But yeah, I think, I think Nope is not looking too, too shabby. I think it's got like two weeks. And plus really it's, you know, except for Maverick, it's really the only like movie for like adults, right? So yeah, Thor would be, I think the week before Nope, because Thor is the beginning of July, July 8th. Oh, okay. So it's going right after Thor. Well, you know, uh, might not oh, have been two weeks after Thor, because Nope isn't until the 22nd. So it'd be two weeks after. Yeah. So it'd okay. be Thor's third week, and it is going for a more mature, older audience than Thor would typically be going for, right? Yeah. So I, and it's coming out at a good time. It's coming out at a very favorable yeah. time, for the summer, coming up in the summer. I, you know, I, I this probably isn't the greatest indicator. Every single person I talk to is pumped for this movie. Unlike everything, everywhere, all at once, like people on the streets, like my friends that aren't super big into movies, they're like, oh yeah, everything, everywhere. Yeah, I heard that's the best movie ever. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't have the MCU thing on it. But Jordan Peele has that thing where 
even though it doesn't have the MCU on it. I have these friends that are big movie guys, and they're like, yeah, I'm watching that opening week. Like, it's just people, I guess it's more so just my people age, but every, yeah, everyone my movie. age wants to watch Jordan Peele. That's yeah. cool. That's awesome. I think because his, his movies are just so good, and they're so well done in every way. They're, and yeah. they tell a story, they tell a, tell a lesson. They, 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 they cover so much, and they're so, so well made. They are exciting. I'm super excited for Nova. Yeah, I've never even, seen a Jordan Peele yeah. film on the big screen. This will be my first. I've for sure seen this one in theaters. I'm very excited. Wait, you never seen Get Out or Us on the big no. screen? No. Oh I, my I God. Didn't. Oh, I, I've seen them all. I, I've seen every single one in the you big screen. You know another director I've never seen on the big screen? Who? Oh, actually, that's a lie. I was like Christopher Nolan, but I saw Tenet. That was my first. Okay. Okay. Nolan I don't know about, but yeah. Um, I've seen every single one of Peele's on the big screen. And every single time, uh, it was one of my favorite experiences of the year. So I'm I expecting I've seen, this, yeah. I haven't seen any of his on, on, on big I gotta watch him. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, I still vividly remember uh, one of my, uh, my favorite experience in 2019, and that's you know the same year Endgame came out. I still remember it being us, because I spent an hour with uh, you know old co-host Welldog and like six of my other friends. It was just eight of us outside talking about the movie for an hour it was just like that that was great that was like magic we were all piecing together the little foreshadows and you know just the little quotes oh so great it was so much fun just talking about it with my friends so you know i'm very excited for nope it's uh one of my most anticipated films of the year and i you know for i think people our age i think everybody's going to be seeing this in theaters uh, the yeah. big thing we're is we're right you know, in that hard demographic yeah. 20s to the, the 28 year olds you know that's the target audience here for this movie um, and I think it's really going to strike a chord of that audience. And that's yeah. the audience that tends to go to the movies the most. Once yeah. you have the money to go to men to watch the movies a lot. That's and the trailer's awesome. The, the, the trailer's really good. I don't know if uh, you haven't seen yeah. the trailer. trailer. You know really, Hayden, Hayden doesn't seem excited for this one. He watched the trailer and goes, yeah, I'm not excited for that one. I'm afraid of Man, yeah, that's too bad. What are you, what are you doing? You goof. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to see it. That sucks. He even likes horror. So yeah, that's a little nervous. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, I'm just surprised. Um, but over to last year, number six, for me, my number six is DC Super Pets. Oh, baby. Number six. I actually have, and I'm going to right now jump to my number seven as well. That's where I have Minions 2. I have Minions 2 at number seven. I think DC Super Pets is going to bring in more than Minions 2. And I've already kind of gone into a lot of the reasons why I don't think Minions 2 is going to make as much as the other ones have been. But now it's why I think DC Super Pets is going to make a lot of money. Quentin, what is the number one hottest genre in movies right now? Superheroes. And right now, Quentin, besides Coco Melon, what is the hottest children's television show? Uh, I have no idea. I don't watch Paw Patrol. Shows. What okay. if you put the two of them together, superhero pets, and you release it right at the end of summer when there's about three to four weeks, the entire month of August, basically, with no other children's movies coming out, and you release a movie that's about well-known established superheroes and dogs that share similar superpowers with them with an all-star knockout voice cast with very well-looking cartoons and a massive marketing push behind it. That is a recipe for success if you've ever seen one. I think this movie is going to be doing gangbusters. Yeah. I probably should have put it a little higher. I have it at seven uh, since we're yeah, on. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I, I think... Yeah, probably should have put it above Nope, maybe even Lightyear. Uh, I do agree. I've, uh, I, I definitely think Super Pets is going to be uh, a big film this I year. think Super Pets, I think it's, it, I think it's going to do massive money. I think this thing's going to be huge. It's got The Rock starring in it. It's got 
a lot of other. I can't. I don't. Who else is in? I don't. I don't remember. I know there's lots of other, you know, A-list celebrities in there. Well, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. I thought Kevin Hart was in it, but I wasn't too sure. I wasn't. I wasn't confident enough to say it on the podcast. Okay. Right? Yeah. You know, he plays the bulldog. I think. Of course he does. <laughs> And like I think it's a staple now. I think it's in Dwayne the Rock's contract where every kids movie he's in, uh Kevin Hart has to be there. He has to be some shitty comedic relief character that he can just make fun of. Yeah, he's gotta play the small, wimpy looking guy. Yeah, the wimpy one that's always making the quick whips. Yeah. And it's always the bulldogs that are like the little little comedic relief characters in dog movies. Always the bulldogs. And I always gotta back up Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh yeah. He's probably one of the only like, you know famous movie stars that i also get excited for i feel like most of the time i'm like the old man that's like ah oh, mcu uh light disney uh they're killing cinema but when it comes to the rock i don't give a fuck if he's like you know if he's in some lame movie i don't give a shit sad like man i'm down for more of the rock i love that guy he's just so charming and also we are doing domestic a um gross this year i think minions too will probably make more why than dc super pets but i think domestically I think Super Pets is going to knock it out of the park here. I think I think I think Warner Brothers has a big a big hit on their hands here. Dare I say I think it might be one of the most profitable DC movies in a while. Not that that's saying too much. Yeah. Oh, besides Batman, besides Batman. Okay. Yeah. Batman's Batman. Uh, but yeah, I, and I Minions Two at seven, because um, Minions Two is going to make a whole buttload of money, and I think those I think there's going to be a pretty big gap between seven and eight for me. I think the top four there's going to, are, are pretty cemented. I think then there's a big gap for five to seven. And I think there's going to be another big gap between eight and ten for me. Um, and those are sort of the three sort of sections. I can agree. I can uh, agree. Yeah. I might disagree on like the exact sections, but I agree that there's probably like three sections. Yeah. And, three, and I got for, for eight, if you already, we already talked about it. Yeah, I have no at number eight for me. And okay. it broke my heart having to write it right below Minions 2. <laughs> I, I wish we lived in a better world, but this is the one we live in. And they have Minions 2 is just going to make more money than no. It will. It sucks, but it's going to happen. But I do have no but number eight, and I, I hope it makes all the money in the world. I hope it does game bust. Yeah, I yeah, I probably put Nope a little too high, but I, you know, I'm, I, 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 I'm just a eight. sucker. I got to read for yet? it. Uh, we haven't, but we have actually already discussed the movie. It's uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, okay, you got Maverick number eight. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think I might. I, I I agree with you there. Maverick might be a little high on my list here. Yeah, I, I feel pretty think, good. I think it's going to do good though. I think it's going to surprise people. Yeah, I think it's going to do good too. I think it's going to be the eighth most successful uh, summer blockbuster. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's very fair. I think it's going to do really good. I really do. Uh, but I do not think it's going to do that good. No way. You think it's going to make more than Minions? That's crazy. Crazy. I'm really kind of. I'm really thinking Minions is is going to under. Yeah, not, it's, like, yeah. That, that's what I think. That's what we're banking on here, right? I think that's going to be the big deciding factor. It, it's going to be very, very profitable, but it's just not going to be the billion-dollar franchise that Despicable Me and the Minions movie has been. I don't think it is. I think it's going to underperform for sure in the domestic market. Yeah. All right. Uh, number nine. Uh, here, you go first because I, I think I got one that's not even making your list. I think I got a really. A I have one. one. It's very possible you have one. Something. I have one that I am. Um, I'm excited for. One that I hate. Okay. One that comes out the day before my birthday. I have Elvis, the king of rock and roll himself. I, I think this one is going to do quite well. We uh, do very well, particularly Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, I don't think this is going to do quite as well as Bohemian Rhapsody yet did, but I think Elvis is going to do very, very good. He's sort of one of the, the most well-known rock icons of his era, or the most well-known rock icon of his era, the 50s there. 
and a um, with Tom Hanks in it, always a fan favorite, particularly in biopics. Uh, like I, said, I don't think it's going to do top, you know, five worthy or anything, but I think number nine, I think it will have a very strong theatrical run. Yeah, I, I think it's going to perform pretty well. Yeah. Um, well, I have Elvis at ten. Okay. And I really just wanted to get it off my list because I think this movie is going to be fucking terrible. I, I'm just not really? excited for it. I I'm tired of you know music movies like you know bohemian rhapsody and rocket man and and they all do relatively successful that's why i had to put it on my list but i could not be less excited for this movie it, it, really? it's, just, it's just it's just a musical movie i don't care about elvis's life i don't care about whatever is going to happen uh, i i think he actually looks a lot like elvis and his voice is really good like i think he is a really good fit i love tom hanks like there's stuff that i like obviously i'm gonna check it out because you know I, I watch movies but i I'm not excited for this one at all. And, you know, it's probably going to be better than movies like Minions Rise of Gru and Doctor oh, Strange. For sure, going to be better than Minions Rise of Gru. Yeah, like, it's, it's going to be like... better than some of these other movies. But, I, like, I'm more excited for Minions and Doctor Strange than this. I just don't, like, I just don't care about Elvis. But, you know, I I wanted to keep, keep it off my list just because I, I don't want to. you more excited for Minions than you are Elvis? Yeah, because it's going to be so bad it's kind of funny i guess no, I no. Yeah. <laughs> elvis no. elvis just looks boring it just looks boring. i'm excited i think elvis is gonna be good hayden's very excited for yeah yeah hayden's really excited and to and like i yeah i don't want to diminish that because he seems really pumped i'm i'm excited for him that he's like excited for kind of just like a really interesting biopic and it's something i would have yeah. never assumed he'd be into so I think that's awesome. I, I i got excited when I saw that he was excited. So, but this is only the my this isn't this is like for sure not my most anticipated biopic of the year. It's not my, my my most anticipated musical biopic of the year. That has to be weird. An Al Yankovic story by far the biopic I'm way more. Excited. Wait, is that coming out this year? Uh, it hasn't had a release yet. They're saying they're trying to push the beginning of next year. There's no official. Release. Oh, I think it's definitely 2023. It's probably going to be beginning of next year. It'll probably come out in like February. But I'm ecstatic for that that looks awesome i am so, I am so excited for that. but i i'm convinced it's like uh it's gonna be like a march release it's not gonna be uh well it's, it's not going to theaters anyways it's gonna go to the, the roku streaming service. oh really oh, i had no idea yeah it's not even going to theaters well if it's a streaming service they, they tend to make movies faster maybe it will and that's what like this isn't yeah. gonna be a movie that's gonna take them too too long to make they've okay. already started filming so the script and everything's done and all that so i can't think like it's not like it's got a lot of special effects and stuff in it. So I can see the yeah. post production. Okay. Of course, it takes time. It's going to be back. Right. It'll take time, but it's not going to take months and months. It's not going to take like six months to finish. I don't. Maybe. Uh, I think it's still going to be 2023, but yeah, I might. And if it is, then yeah, I'm excited for that. That's going to be great. I'm stoked for that. Very excited. Yeah. All right. So I can. Uh, my number nine here. And I'm not really confident about it. I, I just kind of wanted to pick something a little wacky. Uh, I didn't realize uh, there were stakes involved here, Tristan, but I put at number nine, just because there's no competition, the last two weeks of August is pretty much just dead air. So why not? Why not pick the second most excited film for me of the summer, which isn't saying a whole lot. But I'm going to do Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh, I was wanting to put that on my list. I am very excited for that. Very, very excited. But I, I, I it's not getting I know. It's probably not. Well, actually, it and absolutely is not. Keith Davidson in it. It's, an a, it's A24, right? Or is it one? A24. It, it's A24. I thought, yeah. So A24, Pete Davidson in it. It looks like a really fun and great concept movie. Uh, the poster for it is awesome. I love the poster. Um, I would, it might have a shot. You know, like I said, those nine and ten slots are always 
wild card. They, yeah. they, they, they can be any. No, you never know what's going to sneak up in this. But a, uh, I would love for it to get there. Yeah. The I was trying to. Was out, like, end of August. I'd never even heard of until it was going to move tonight. I thought it might have a shot to get up there with a, uh, what do you call it? Beast. Uh, the new Idris Alba like, horror movie. I don't even know it's a national film where he's in the Sahara Desert and lions are attacking him and his family. I, I, I almost put that one there in my number 10 spot. Yeah, uh, I'm doing Bonnie's Bodies Bodies. I, I think it's a pretty long shot. I just uh, wanted to kind of pick something a little fun. And, you know, the last two weeks of the summer are a little dull here for a bit. And it's essentially just an Among Us movie. And that was hot a year ago. And I think kids, like Hayden's age, which is the main demographic of people that are going out to watch movies, that's why the MCU is so successful. because kids like them and i think this is a horror movie that kids will love and i think you know if hayden or someone his age watches it goes to the schoolyard i don't know what they do uh, they they play basketball on the during the recess or something what TikTok make tiktoks about it. about it yeah exactly i you know they might make a tiktok and tell all their buddies hey this is a super fun movie. It's Among Us. And it's, I think as soon as kids just are telling each other it's Among Us, I think kids are just going to start checking it out. And uh, do I really think it's going to happen? No. But I, I like to live in a world where Nope and Bodies, 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 which are probably going to be my two favorite films of the summer, are actual are actually making money. I like to live in that world. And so yeah, I'm just going to make it happen by picking it. I'm, I'm putting that energy out there. Go check I it like, out. It looks like fun. I like it. Another one, another horror movie that I know when I thought about during number 10 was uh, The Black Phone. Yeah. That's kind of coming out right mid-summer and I think it's just kind of running into a buzzsaw. I think that's sort of the issue with that one. It's coming out like right at the end of June, I think, or end of June, maybe. I can't remember. Um, and I think it's going to get kind of drowned out. Uh, so I don't think I'll make the top 10. Where yeah. Wise Wise Bodies is a much more favorable release window. Yeah, so the, the Black Phone, yeah, I, I was really tempted to put that uh, in my top 10. If it was out where Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was out, I would pick it. But yeah, it's just in a terrible position. It's not going to do well. Yeah, because people seem excited for it. I'm yeah. excited for it. Um, it looks, I think it's going to be a really great horror movie. But a, uh, I, I think they're kind of releasing it in a uh, too busy editing to drown out by all the other noise going on. The one I have here, my number 10 spot, and this one, like I said, number 10 spot is impossible for it's, it's always great i put bullet train mm, yeah action movie it looks fun it's got a star studded cast action movies tend to do pretty well i think it's coming out closer to the end of the summer so once again probably has a little more room to breathe than moves coming out in june july bullet train coming out closer to the end of the summer really only competing with like wise 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 and dc super pet so it's not you know multi for programming nothing too similar like it's i, I think why bullet train would be I saw the trailer for it when I went to go watch The Northman. It looks like a movie that, you know, people would be excited to go watch. I actually think it looks really fun. I, I really it like fun. it. It's just, yeah. it uh it looks like it skews towards adults. I don't know if, like, you know, 15 to 20-year-olds are going to be excited for it. I think uh, our age is pretty excited for it. Uh, and so yeah. that's uh, really the only reason. I think it's the one most people are predicting to crap the top 10. I know Dan yeah. did as well for Bullet Train. Yeah, and uh, I I think there's going to be one surprise. That's my surprise. I think Bully Train isn't actually going to make it, and I think an A24 will sneak in, baby. What about Men? Uh, men, A24. yeah, Men is just too adult, and it's too A24. Like yeah, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah, yeah. 
Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is going to be like a fun A24, kind of like X, while yeah. uh, I think Men is going to be more of like, you know, not necessarily the lighthouse, but kind of, you know, it's, it's going to be harder for general audiences to enjoy. Yeah, it's, it's probably a little tougher to swallow. From I'm very excited for Men, though. I think Men looks great, uh, mostly because I just saw Ex Machina. It's from the same director. Oh, I it was the same director, right? Yeah. Ex Machina was fantastic. Yeah, I loved Ex Machina. So oh, the so fact good. it's the same director, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for Men. I think it's going to be pretty good. I think Ex Machina might be my first A2 form movie. Uh, probably. It was really their first one that I think was like actually popular. Yeah, I think it was the first one I've seen in back in yeah. whenever it came out. Yeah. And, you know, it's on the third week of Doctor Strange. I still have faith in that, just carrying the hype. Uh, people that are going to go see men aren't going to go watch Doctor Strange. That's Doctor true. That's true. That's true, because I might well, actually see men. Yeah. yeah, that's true, because I might see men in theaters. I'm not going to see Doctor Strange, so you, you got a point. I'm going to see Doctor Strange, but it won't be in the third week of theater. So anyways, that is our list here. Uh, just for reference to everybody that uh, was um, might not be keeping track, we both have Doctor Strange at number one, Thor Love and Thunder at number two, Jurassic World Dominion at number three, I have Minions Rise of Gru at number four. Tristan has Lightyear at number four. I have Lightyear right underneath at number five. Tristan has Top Gun Maverick at number five. I have Nope at six, while Tristan has Super Pets. I then have Super Pets at seven, while Tristan has Minions Rise of Gru. I have Top Gun Maverick at eight. Tristan has Nope. I have Bodies, Bodies, Bodies at number nine. Tristan has Elvis. I have Elvis at 10, and Tristan has Bullet Train at 10. So we have all the same movies ever, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. We have them, you know, pretty varying spots besides the top three. Yeah, yeah, well, we agree on the top three. It's mostly just the placements. I agree. I think that's kind of how it's looking. That's kind of the way it is for most years, especially if you're like this, where there, there's a good amount of big blockbusters coming out, but not, like, an overwhelming amount of big blockbusters. Like, there's, you know, there's really only, like, I guess, like, six seven big blockbusters and then after that it's sort of smaller films um which i'm excited about and that's you know a lot of movies i'm excited for aren't even on our list as we were talking about yeah and to be fair i looked at the other movies obviously these were like you know uh, buys 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 is kind of an outlier but like the the other nine that i have are kind of the obvious top 10 but even like the other movies nothing looks like great for me like like, like men looks fun i'm excited for that uh you know, but everything else looks fine. Um, I want let, let's get to September. September's when we got Don't Worry Darling, and then we then we just steamroll with great stuff. I think the summer is kind of going to be the slow period, but you know it's going to be like the the fun flashy period that are just fun. You only like real serious. Hey, I like everything everywhere all at once. That's fun. Big dinosaurs fight one another, so I'm looking forward to dressed. Yeah, that's true, and I'm I'm excited. I liked everything everywhere. That's fun. I'm excited for light year. Um, I think they just shouldn't have made Toy Story Four and just made Lightyear. Yeah, they shouldn't have made I Toy Story Four. I don't think they. Uh, I don't need Lightyear either. Um, um, what I am frustrated about though is how how like only known IPs from Pixar go to theaters, and all of their original content gets shoehorned to Disney Plus. Yeah, that I don't like. Yeah, I hate how Pixar's red being true. Should have had a theatrical release, and I'm very mad at it. It makes no sense. Yeah, Turning Red and Luca. Soul, yeah. I, I, you know, Soul, I think should have been in theaters, but I get it. It was it is still high pandemic. Yeah. They didn't want to wait like two and a half years to release. Yeah, it's like, still, yeah, it was still 2020. Yeah, like, like I get that. Yeah, I'm not too mad about Soul not going to theaters, even though it did this, but it, 
timing, you know, bad time. Yeah. But but turning red, come on, we were we were, we were pretty much out of the pandemic at that point. We were fine. And Luca, what the fuck happened to Luca? It makes no sense. I I, I just love Luca though, so I'm a little. It would have been beautiful seeing the big screen. I know. I wish I saw it in the big screen. It would have been gorgeous. It is so beautiful looking. Yeah, it would have been great. And like, I also regret not seeing Onward in theaters when I. Yeah, and you can't even use the pandemic excuse because Ray and the Last Dragon came out in theaters. Like, they just don't like Pixar. It makes no sense. Pixar's, I think, been pumping out some great movies. That's what I'm Pixar saying. is at their prime. They're back, baby. And I think all the animation stuff I've seen from Lightyear looks great. I actually have seen absolutely nothing from Lightyear. I've only seen the posters and stuff. I don't watch trailers, but they look fantastic. I haven't even seen the posters. I have no interest in it. I haven't even looked at it. I will see it, obviously. Uh, but I kind of like that. I, I, I think I saw maybe one still when they first announced it. That's it. So I feel, I feel pretty good. I feel like I, you know, I'm giving it a fair chance. It, it can wow me, baby. Let's go. I hope it does. Yeah, I, I hope it does too. Uh, you know what? I think that's the good thing about all of these. The bar is set low. They, they have their chance to really impress me. Jurassic World Dominion, it can just be a mediocre movie, and I'll be pretty dang impressed. Honestly, I'll be pretty shocked. So honestly, uh, except for Nope, the bar is low on all of these. So I and think... And Minions you know, too. What? And Minions 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Minions 2. incredibly low for Minions 2. I'm confident it will still underperform. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've never even seen uh, the first Minions, because I have no. no interest. I don't care. Just don't. Although I am, if you can live your life without ever watching a single Illumination movie, do it. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, this is a good tie-in for uh, my ranked podcast in July when I do the Illumination ranking. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go, guys. I will watch all of these movies for the first time, except for like three of them. So this is exciting. And you're just gonna rewatch The Secret Life of Pets too. (laughs) I don't know if I need to rewatch it. I think I remember the whole thing. I think you need to. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. All right, that's everything on our end. You got anything else you want to say, Tristan? That's it, man. I'm, I'm excited for this, this summer of movies. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, it'll be fun. I think it's perfect for a little behind the scenes. I, I'm getting married in July. I think it's really great that Nope is going to come out a week after I get married. It'll be the first film I will watch in theaters as a married man. That's exciting. That's awesome. I'm pretty pumped for that. Yeah, I'm except for Oh, I think we're going to see it together when you're down. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to go with the family, which will be great. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that's everything on my end, guys. Have a great day.